Hello, welcome back to the Fully Living Podcast. This is episode 90. Dun, 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 dun. 97. 98. <laughs> okay. So we're two more. Two more from 100. Two more from Jeez. my boys, Janaza. That backflip, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a backflip. <laughs> I'm doing a backflip at 100. So I've been practicing. I, I, I went to school. Is that a real thing that you guys got going on? <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know yet. Uh, I feel like I should be there, getting ready to catch you, fam. I might, I might make something happen for the for the people, then, man. My boy has to break into Sky Zone because that's the only way he's doing a backflip. Yeah, I'm about to book the whole the whole Sky Zone and just learn how to do backflips on there. I'm but sure. yeah, we're on episode 98. Um, we got a we got a special a special guest, smooth talking brother, by the yo, name yo. of uh, you know what do you, what do you want to be called? You know, some people used to call me Sniper. I'm rebranding now to my government name, Abdi Fatah. <laughs> um, middle school middle school teacher called me Abdi Fatas. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm gonna stick to Abdi Fatah though. I'm gonna stick to Abdi Fatah. Well, I never heard that one, man. So I never heard Abdi Fatah. <laughs> we gotta find that teacher, man. We gotta find that teacher, yo. That's a problem, you know. Shout out to the team and the podfather. You know, you know. Oh yeah. So honor. Glad to have you. Most is the most likable guy I know, man. And to to the right of him, I got brother Ozzy. Yes, yes, you're you're not special at all whatsoever. He's a normal guy. Are you talking about me? Yeah, you. My boy's still angry because I was getting the FIFA session. Don't air me, fam. And then last but not least, we have a Somali man. Obliged. He's somewhere making chicken sukkar. It's almost done. It looked, it looked, it looked good. I'll it's give not looking like too shabby. It's not yeah, looking too shabby. Thank you, thank I thought, it, I thought it was gonna be worse. I thought it was gonna be a color <laughs> where it's supposed to be. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are back with episode ninety-eight, and we have, we have a lot of topics. We have a lot of topics. I don't know which one, which one do you guys want to start, start with? You want to start with? So we got a I, think we gotta, I think we got to start with the alias, yo, Marlon <laughs> Stephens, yo. I was gonna say something, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, just know, just know, right? For a living, I do at least like five different zooms a day, and you know, sometimes like y'all know already, it's a forty-minute limit on the free zoom. So I be tapping into everybody else's that has a paid account. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> oh, so that's somebody else. It's somebody else. I even they didn't have no idea I'm even using the Zoom account right now, but. They messed up for giving me the password. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So yeah, we got three topics. We got we got. So we're gonna talk about anger. We're gonna talk about so this. So that was that was Abdi um, Fatah. He suggested that topic. We also got or just threw it out there. A curious cat topic suggestion about self control and how to stop being impulsive when making decisions. I can't answer that because I'm I'm a, I'm an impulse everything. I do everything on impulse. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, do you believe, so this is also part of the curious cat, do you believe that you can outgrow people? So we mm. could start, we could start anywhere and just kind of, damn, man, I mean, being, being impulsive ties into anger because anger is a, is a, is a reaction, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's start with that. Let's start with that. So like, uh, are you guys impulsive people or just be general here? I'm, I'm impulsive. I'm a lot less impulsive than I used to be, but 
God damn, was I impulsive? <laughs> um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm very impulsive, especially when it comes to buying stuff. But but mm. I'm weird in the sense where like I won't buy like a I won't buy a big thing. I'll buy like a hundred ten dollar thing. So like I just I'll, I'll, I'll anything that's like ten bucks, it's in my crib. And I have Amazon it. cart is full. Amazon cart full. Well, do you know, do you want to know what I bought like last week? And what is the worst thing I ever made? I bought maracas, you know, like the shaking, the <laughs> so useless. Well, I know I bought them. <laughs> Sorry, what was it? What was it? Like cucaracha. Yeah, well, I bought maracas, and they're like that the thing that when you, when you shake it, it makes like a sound, sand sound. Oh, like yeah, this, I was watching like, a video, and then a guy made like a like he made it look fun, and I just bought it, and and I've never used it once. Like I brought oh, it home. I'm a, I'm just love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, yeah. is like uh huh. Uh-huh. This boy's back. Yeah, so I'm a I'm impulsive. Yeah. I'm impulsive stuff. I'm impulsive. Infomercials it, are made for guys like you. Yeah, but like I, you won't get like a big purchase out of me. Like I'm buying a small thing. If I go to a car, yeah, but if you had more money, I'll buy a part than a car, huh? But if you had more money though, that 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 would be a purchase. No, I don't think so, man. I don't think I don't think it translates over, but so like what, do you, what, what other... do you do? Like what do you do to stop yourself from making these impulsive buys or just being impulsive in general? What sort of uh Roadblocks do you set for yourself? Well, I, I just look at the history of things that I bought. Like, now that I bought these maracas, I'm like, yo, I'm, I can't buy shit for, like, a, a long time. You got to put yourself on timeout now. I got to put myself on timeout. But why am I buying maracas? Well, I still ask myself questions to this day. Yo, I'm not going to lie. Um, Just impulses in general, I find that, like, it, it's actually just the easy way to just fulfill those desires, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. in anything, financially, physically, socially, like, it's 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 like... Yo, you could be like almost in a vegetative state if you just follow along to your impulses all the time. And it's really hard work to break out of it because it's almost like muscle memory, right? If your body yeah. wants something, is craving for it, and then you give into it, like your body's going to have a bit of an attitude next time if you don't give it because it's like a little kid almost, you know, our nups. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you don't, if it, it's going to have a t- temper tantrum, why not? Da-da-da-da-da. And your whole day just ruined because you haven't yeah. satisfied that one craving. But Yo, it's almost like we're slaves to ourselves and our impulses when we do that. So, yo, it takes it's, it takes a really long time to like fight against it and like taking those small moments when you're conditioned. But, yo, even tying into like the Amazon stuff, right? Like, I'm no better, bro. I, 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 if I could, I'll flip and show you my whole room right now. I all I do is zooms and I have like a hacker <laughs> setup for some reason, you know. But it's like I see the lights. I'm not gonna lie. I see the Amazon lights. Yo, fam, for real, but like the systems that we're always talking about and like, you know, we're always fighting against literally rely on us following our impulses. Like the consumerism is crazy and like the rich would not be rich if we were all financially literate. But let's talk about a bit of like even like when we're in school, they teach us to follow those impulses too, right? They tell us like, yo, just work hard enough and all of your desires will come true. But they're not teaching us how to keep those desires in check. Like there's a reason why they don't teach you financial literacy in school, but instead they'll just force feed you like Shakespeare. Like when have you ever used Shakespeare in your day-to-day life? I don't you know? know. I don't know why they, 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 they force you guys to force us to learn that. I'm actually pissed like, now that I think about it. Like, yeah. Why do, why why do I have to learn about Ting Lear and Hamlet? There are better ways <laughs> to learn about English, but yeah, just in general, like it's so hard for us to come to terms with, um, actually like confronting and doing the hard work of like changing that muscle memory and those patterns. But yo, it's in our day-to-day lives and almost everything we do, like we're conditioned to follow those impulses. Yeah. I even think, like, I think, I think, no, these, these systems that are out there that exist that sort of push us in that direction. I think 
those systems within themselves right can't do anything but it's those systems ones combined with already our desires like we mm-hmm. already want these things we already want to do these things we want to eat these things we want to experience these things all of our desires we sort of give into them to begin with by default and then these systems sort of make it easier that and make yeah. it that much easier for us to follow to the follow our desires right. yeah you want 100 comes- wings it's at your doorstep yeah 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 i think that's the probably the worst thing like when it comes to food for most people not just like not just me but i feel like most people when it comes to food they're they're jumping on their impulses and like a lot of times we don't know what we're putting in our bodies like you go to these restaurants and and like they'll tell you like the calorie thing but the amount of like sneaky things that that just jump in like you add extra cheese and you add a little sauce or you add this and that and like we don't take it what we're putting into our together. Body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you see what happened to like our parents, like, like, uh, like all, all like uh, East African dads have like, so, there's some that are healthy, but they have some kind of health, health issue. High, you high know? blood pressure, diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Halwa generation, yeah. Exactly, and like we're they, but they started in like what? Whenever they came after the war. <laughs> we were um, born into it, fact. Yeah, we start. We're, I was, you're eating McDonald's and then uh, fish fillets and whatever, whatever, whatever you're eating like from when you're young. So I don't know, man. We might, we might just all jump out by forty. Yo, it's a lot, man. But yo, no cap. I think, um, I think like like I'm 27, right? Majority of people are my my age and around that age are starting to find out. Yo, our metabolism is not what it used to be, you know. And yeah. it's like we're slowly getting into that that phase where like. We oh, were eating like I, we used I, I to, but our bodies have changed. You right? I found that one out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. What happened to you? What's your story, brother? <laughs> Listen, yeah, pack. Once, for me, for me, it's once once I got married, um, like I packed on the pounds. Like I, 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 was, I was like a backpack. I put it on my back. I said, "Let's go." <laughs> 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 and sort of like no, but even like, throughout that process. It's not a, like, I didn't wake up one day with all this extra weight, you know? Same with everything else. It's not, it's not something that happens overnight. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a, a long-term, you know, c- caving in, following your desires, constantly snacking on things when you know in the back of your mind, okay, this, I'm adding on to the calories that are my daily calories, you know? And then making, like, the, the dumb choices. Let me, driving for no reason and pulling into Tim Hortons drive-thru. Not, no hunger whatsoever, <laughs> you know? Classic boredom, yeah. Sorry. yeah. You know, and it's, it's easy to, to look back and notice these things and these behaviors when it comes to food. But when it comes to everything else, like we don't really notice it. For example, when you know you have something that you got to do, but you procrastinate it, you know, because what you, you just out of pure laziness, right, you want to do what it is that you need to be doing, right? And then you can't, like, you just give in to those desires. And then you become a procrastinator, or and it doesn't happen overnight. You just wake up one day and you can't seem to get anything done on time, you know. And like, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that's tough. I feel that, but you know, it, it's interesting though because it's like there's two sides to every coin. And honestly, I don't really categorize myself as a very impulsive person, person for myself. Like, but you know why though? It's because like I view like being impulsive as synonymous with work. Like I have to work to be impulsive. Like I got to go and click the checkout link and purchase everything. I have to search for what I want. Like, bro, I, I'm lazy. I don't want to do that. 
So Your I laziness just, overpowers the impulse. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. But though it's not good though either, because now mm-hmm. I have to like I feel like for myself, like I gotta motivate myself to do stuff, you know. Like I feel like people mm-hmm. who are impulsive, like they're just in positions to do things already. Like you know, what I'm saying? like your impulse takes you there. Me, like I'm kicking it, you know. Give me a reason, then I'll go out. But if the reason that I don't feel like it's something that I want to do, I'm I'm kicking it. Like you're not you're not getting me out my house. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's like it's different. But I do. I, I definitely see like what you guys are talking about because I see with you guys all the time, man. Like, bro, maracas. Like every single time I'm with this guy Rex, he has a new toy, bro. Like I'm confused. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, it's like even when it comes to like just like I look at it more like short term satisfaction versus long term fulfillment, right? And a lot of these things, it's like, yo, it's like a quick fix. You get a dopamine rush. You got what you wanted, craving satisfied. And after five minutes, like, there's not even any real happiness, you know? You're just there like, okay, what's next? Took me 30 seconds, like, yo, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally. But, like, if you think of, like, the long-term, the foresight, which is a lot harder. Like, you have to be really intentional where you're thinking a lot of the times, right? But if you're thinking of the foresight, like, let's look at procrastination, for example. Everyone... Nobody in their right mind says out loud to themselves, yo, I want to delay this until the end so I can stress. I really just want to stress. Like nobody says that, you know, but it's the fact that like we push it away because, yo, even in procrastination, there's a dopamine rush, you know, when you put something away and you watch that show and then like, you know, you end up doing something a little later. There's a little bit of thrill in it, yo. You you start telling yourself, uh, I work better under pressure. Yo, that's the craziest one. When I hear people say that, I say, subhanAllah, may Allah help them because it's a little far down their education, you know? But, yo, man, in general, no, yo, it takes you, intentional you, planning, you know? Yo. how crazy that is? Like, Wait, you know I'll get to the point you start saying, I'm not going to lie, that was me when it came to school. Like, when it came to school, I was like, yo, I do better. Like, I, I, I perform better under pressure. And then it took yo. me to go outside of school and to start doing uh like real world work business stuff yeah like. yeah and then i started to realize i'm like oh this does not work like i'm not doing quality work i'm just doing the work but there's no like it's not good or bad it's just there you know yeah, I, I just i checked all the boxes no one to judge your work yeah, yeah and then like and then it, i got to the point where i'm like oh i want to do good work and then and like it does it, if you want to do good things procrastination is is like the, is the antithesis of that you can't like you can't, exactly. you can't do good work and be be a procrastinator. Like you the need thing to, is, like people say that, but like you could do work on last minute. You could definitely do work, but when we get to the level of like it actually gets kind of deep. When we tell ourselves like, "Yo, I do my best," then that means that that's all that we know. You know, no, like for that no. log, it's literally it's all we know. But it's like I tell people a lot of the time, like if you could do that last second, like imagine if you just gave yourself bare time. You know, like the hardest part is always starting, which takes me to like even um, our impulses when it comes to like our own emotions, you know? And like, let's say somebody does you dirty. Like, is your first impulse to do something just as bad to them? Because a short-term gratification for if you do that, you know? But like, how are you going to feel about yourself in the long term? Will it make you sleep better at night? For some people, they'll definitely say, yeah, getting petty back (laughs) really does do that for me, you know? But subhanAllah, like, that's the hardest one, I think, is like the control of anger, you know? Because it really does cloud like almost every single other judgment of ours. Like, have you guys ever been in a situation where you're so angry and then like you think about something like a day after when you're not and you're like, whoa, like I was not myself then. Like, you yeah. know, or you say things that are really hurtful or harmful and it's like, it actually doesn't serve us at all. So my question to y'all is like, how do y'all deal with anger when it comes and how it passes? 
Um, I guess I'll answer first. Like I used to, I said this before on the pod, but I used to have anger problems, like really, really bad anger <laughs> problems. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like, I, sorry, I'm, I, only, I'm only laughing because I can't see it. Like you can't see it, but I, I, it was there. You can ask Imagine. my family. They laugh every time they mm-hmm. they talk about it because like I was I was like uh, I was like a it was like a quick switch. I would just get so mad and I try to hit everybody and like. I used to get very emotional and like the way I learned to uh, like my initial reaction is that still even to this day is still to be like to, to 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 like project that anger or whatever you know and what I learned is like I just let it pass I let it pass and then I and then I think about what I actually want to say or do you know and like mm. It benefited it, that me learning that I, I learned it in my in my like teen years because I would get into fights off of those like anger impulses like somebody uh didn't p- pick me on their team i would go on the next team and then i would in- like i would kick the i would be playing soccer i was in africa i would kick the guy so that he would try to fight me like i was so i was just so pissed you, you needed something to start off yeah uh, yeah i need i needed to, i needed it like i needed it so then i i said yo this is not like i just i just got to a place where i was an angry person people didn't really like me because i was like so on go at all times and I'm like, okay, I, this is not a way to live. So I, like, I learned. I'm like, yo, you got to sit down. You got to let that pass. And then you got to be like, okay, is this the, is this what I, is this how I actually feel, you know? And is it worth it for me to feel that way? And it's not. It's never, it's never not. So like, when it comes to yeah, the anger impulse, like, I, for me, I, what works for me is I just sit down and I let it pass, or I leave where, where I am, and then I, I kind of collect my thoughts because that's the best way for me to, kind of handle it. But how about you, you guys? Know, I, I, me personally, I don't, I tend to not get angry. Um, just in general, but I've always looked at anger. I, I, okay, I always try to look at anger, sort of like outside in, you know, look, try to see where why this person is angry and where these things are coming from, you know. And a lot of times, it's sort of um, like a reaction to something that happened. And mm-hmm. in like you know, at the base of it, anger is. You know, if you were to look, actually, I remember reading about this or listening to a podcast about this. And it said that anger is a reaction that is not about the present, but is more about the future. Right. So it's whatever, let's say that person did something to you or a person, you know, did something that disrespected you or whatever, you know, that anger is not for that moment that passed, but it's about the future. So you don't want this to happen again. So you show this reaction to this person or react this way. So this person understands that next time I do this, this is what's going to happen. You know, and so it's sort of like a preventative maintenance. If, if yeah. You got it like that. It's in a, like it's ineffective. Yeah. And that anger never works. It, like it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really work. It doesn't it get you to yourself the out, you know, It's so tiring. Like it's actually so tiring. And the thing is, like a lot of it comes again. Like I like to look at things on like the super macro scale, right? Like because if there's a trend of like a lot of men. Um, or young boys that are like really getting angry why is that you know as opposed to like other people and it's just like yo there's so much to do with ego you know when you feel like someone's making you feel like you know i don't know if i'm allowed to swear on this podcast but you know it makes you feel like you're weak or whatever the case may be it's (laughs) it's just like yo like you feel like you have to prove something to them so that you don't feel insecure about yourself sometimes you know like someone makes you feel like you're you're less than or like you're a dozer, like, you know, like yeah. whatever it is. It's like, <laughs> yo, I can't let them think that. I actually have to teach them that I'm not. But like, 
as you grow older, I see a lot of people get into more like if they already know that they're not that, like they don't have to, to, to prove that to anyone else, you know? And a lot of the things we do are reaction. Like I'm sure, um, Rex, so when you're getting into fights, like you didn't want them to look at you a certain way. You know, you wanted yeah, to teach yeah, them yeah. a lesson, like, you know? Exactly. But And in the long run, like I realized it, it doesn't solve the problem. It just makes it worse, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and in reality, like it was rooted in like, I just wanted to be friends with everybody. <laughs> But nobody yeah. wanted to be my friend. As like as 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 not even sad, Most but that's kids. the truth. That's the truth of it. You know, I, when you really think about the reason why you're angry, it always comes down to like a a very small and and menial kind of reason. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes it, sometimes like depending on the situation. I'm not. I don't want to say like every situation where somebody's angry is like uh, is menial, but like sometimes it, like if you really sit down and, and think about it it's like yo it's not it's not that serious like it, it's better for you to be patient and and it'll work itself out later you know well uh, i'll even yeah. share like a small yeah. story like, like there was this habitat that i know and um her son passed away due to gun violence and whatever everyone ended up finding out who did it all of that la 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 but yo she actually came tested the janazah and she said well i have forgiven and when she well, said uh, that like she forgave the person who ended up doing that to her son I actually just felt like a goof. Like, wallahi, like, every moment of anger I ever had in my life was not justifiable anymore. Wallahi. You yeah, know? subhanAllah, man. I love mercy. I mean, I mean, I think it's also important to, like, when you think about anger, it's like, you, you definitely have to look at the reason, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially, like, in, in our circles, bro, people have, like, tons of reasons to be angry, to be honest with you, right? But when you look at the different reasons why people are angry, you can like, like, like similarly to, to what you were just saying right now, like you, you can understand and empathize with this person's anger, but then they decided to choose otherwise. Right. So you could, you could see that this person had a reason to be angry if they had, like, if they wanted to be right. So when you, when you look at yourself, cause I like to do this for myself is what do I find very agitating or what gets me angry? And it's interesting because there's been times where somebody might've done something to me and somebody comes up to me and says, oh, you're not angry at that. And wallahi, like, I look at them dead in their eyes and be like, nah, I'm not angry at that. But if somebody else mm-hmm. does something else to me and it gets me angry, wallahi, like, I get, like, I'll, I'll get very angry. And when one of my, when one of you guys come up to me and be like, yo, bro, it's not that serious. I'd be like, okay, well, cool. It's, it's not serious for you. <laughs> this is serious for me, though. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, About it, that specifically, like, it ties into almost, like, the way that, like, you've grown up. Like, let's say there's a, there, when you're growing up, right, brother? Everyone was making fun of your hair. You know, this guy's forehead looks like this. So that small thing could like trickle on like consecutively into you being an adult. And then when someone makes a joke when you're 35 about your hairline, you go off and you don't even understand why. You're just knocking out. <laughs> like everything I mean? comes out. Like, it's it's triggering. Exactly. exactly. It's triggering. You're right. And I think that like when you start thinking about anger and it being either productive or unproductive, you got to look at like what is it that, that makes you angry? And then you got to actively work on that so that like when it does pre- present itself, it's like you're prepared. You're not going to get caught by just on your first, like, first thought that, like, you know, I want to get angry, right? But instead you catch yourself and you say, hey, like, no, nah, it's not one of those times. I'm not going to, like, I'm not succumbing to it this time. And I don't know, for me personally, that's how I've, like, dealt with the things that have made me frustrated. I still fall prey to it, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm definitely not perfect. But it's something that I've actually been more aware of, you know? And by the way, on that note, uh, anger is not always bad, by the way, guys, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of people demonize anger. Anger is not always bad, by the way. And even like I'm talking about like logically and even Islamically, both ways, right? Like there's there's reasons to be angry. And it's like I I, I find that like 
when it comes to having a balance with this, this is where it's really, really tough because there's so many people who focus on like not outwardly showing or pouring out emotions, you know? And then like holding nothing it in gets them angry. It's yeah. almost like, it's not even holding it in. Like these people, like it almost seems like nothing phases them, you know? And a lot of people praise people for that. But yo, I actually think there's some, there should be some ish that you hear, it should phase you, you know? Like when, mm-hmm. when somebody talks about something that they shouldn't be talking about, you should be up there speaking out against them. When somebody starts saying something that you know is not right, you should be up there with that like passion explaining why that's wrong. And that might come out in anger. But anger might not necessarily be something that people can't understand, you know, because people should be able to visualize and see that anger, right? To see that like, yo, this is, I really mean this. This is not like, I'm not joking right now, you know? People should get that like emotion from you. You shouldn't be like, Yo, guys, I really mean this. Like, you know, bro, so you say it like that, people are going to look at you like, bro, this guy, not, this guy doesn't even believe his own words. Like, come on now. So it's like, nah, I think it, sometimes it depends on the person, though. Like, I agree and disagree with you at the same time. Because, like, anger might, like, if let's say uh, I'm talking about a, a topic that is really, uh, like, like special to you, Ozzy. And I'm and and I'm like I'm talking down. I might be talking about it in a in a in a like a mis in an um, uninformed way, you know. So if you're yelling at me, and I'm like, "Yo, why is this guy yelling at me?" Like I, I'm just I, like what, like I don't get it, you know. So well, you don't have to, to be yelling at someone to be angry. Yeah. Like I, I I to be honest with you, I think when I get angry, I start like my voice gets low actually. Like I don't yell. Like I'll start yeah. like speaking to you very sternly you're gonna be like yo this guy doesn't Ozzy doesn't really speak like this what well, you're you gonna always feel, feel it though it doesn't have to be yelling but you yeah. can feel that yeah. there's be a certain honest, energy like, coming your way i think it's the intentionality right at the end of the day like Ozzy yeah. made a good point when he's talking about like the anger and not being a bad thing because yo true say like if you harness the anger and you control it and it doesn't control you then you could use it productively right but again we always mm. have to talk about intentionality when we're talking to someone let's say someone says for example, like the example we're using, someone says something that you're not rocking what you know is wrong, whatever the case may be. Yo, the thing is, sometimes we think something is wrong based on like our own, like the way we grew up and the things that we know. And for us to translate that, right, to be able to conversate with somebody and like explain that to them properly, the intention is for them to know what, not only what they're speaking is wrong, but let them have a better understanding so they don't do it in the future. And the best way, fam, is never like for me personally. Well, I'm speaking for myself. The best way for me has never been to tell them like, "Yo, I mean business. This is what it is." It's for me to tell them the message the best way possible. Like I work with kids, right? Some of them, some of them, yo. The only way they'll really listen is if I get like rowdy with them too. Like they'll diss me, I'll diss them back. You know, like I'll clap back, and it's the way that they understand the message. But that's after me not being just mad and yelling at them. It's like me reading the room and understanding like they kind of like want someone to go tit for tat with them. You get it? But like, let's say for example, like we're talking to a, a sister in Islam or, or, or anybody, you know, and like they're, they're coming from a message and they're saying something like, yo, you should never have a bass in our voice when we're talking to them. You get what I'm saying? Like we have to talk to them in a way that like they can understand the message, but also open up room for conversation. Cause sometimes subhanAllah, like our best intention is to educate people but we might not fully understand the whole picture and we could cut off that communication if we come across as like too abrasive or angry. So again, it's like taking that anger, reflecting it back into like, like what is, what is it my intention? Am I just trying to prove to them that they're wrong? Or am I trying to help them? And then like deliver the message the best way that they can receive it, you know? Yeah, so kind of like using it, using it as a tool. Use it as fuel, yo. 
use it as fuel. Because at the end of the day, you have to be honest with yourself. Like if something's bothering you, it's bothering you. And it's not about like just holding it in. It's about coming to terms with the fact that like, yo, if something's bothering you, like you might have to have a conversation with yourself for a bit, you know? But like yelling at the person will make you feel better about it. But also like, yeah, you guys understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like you've, you, so how long have you been working with kids? Yeah, so I, I don't think I really explained it, but like for, for y'all who are listening and for the brothers here, I'm a founder of an organization called The Die House. We've been doing um, community work for about six years now. And we're doing like youth programming from like majority about mental health, but like a lot of other topics too. So like triggers, anger, um, depression, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, a lot of the times I'm actually on crisis line support. So people will be calling from across the city, subhanAllah, like whether they're in abusive relationships or they're on the brink of committing suicide and a lot of other things. And it's like, yo, I had to learn like, yo, people be saying some crazy things to me sometimes, but I actually have to be the calm one in the scenario, no matter how I'm feeling, just because of the fact that my goal and my role there is to support them, you know? And if I need my own support because of my anger, whatever I'm going through, I can't, I can't be taking it out on them because let's say like in construction, the tools of the trade, are like a hammer and a screw or whatever, right? For me, like the tools of trade are everything that I've ever been through, right? For me to be able to conversate with them, whatever. And I can't like, can't take a rusty blade out to go to work. Like I got to sharpen that stuff on my own. Like others can't be doing it for me. But um, yeah, bro, I, yeah, get, I, get, I get angry and shocked a lot of the times from the things I hear, especially from the youth these days. But I can't, I can't cut that bridge of communication with them. Like where, where's the improvement going to be if I do that, right? So... That's a real yeah, lesson yeah. in patience, though, man. Yeah, well, I was thinking that, too. Like, you have to have a certain level of emotional maturity, you know? And then, especially when you're dealing with people who, you know, who they themselves are not, you know, really controlling their impulses when it comes to anger or just how they're feeling in general, you know? And mm, you, you can't know, always go to Yeah, no, 100%. Especially from, you know, me sitting at home and looking at, this and looking at you and how you deal with all this stuff it sort of like helps me to, to for me to like go back and think about you know the times that I reacted and the reasons why I reacted and you know what my thought was you know as I was reacting to all of that you know and like you know these things have consequences you know every single action has a reaction you know and if we were to sort of think about that not just when it comes to emotional you know um like being, being like quick to react emotionally or, you know, whatever. All of these things have, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually at a loss for words. What? Oh, oh, for, oh, for, yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do. I'm not going to lie. But like, I don't know if any, if there's anybody that could do it, it's you, man. Yo, respect fam. And yo, don't ever get it twisted, bro. Like, I got so suspended so many times. I got into so many fights. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, like, you know, nothing really stuck. I'm good, but, that's, yo, man, that's, that's I'm why telling you. That's why you're the best with came with a couple of bruises, huh? Holy smokes. I feel like my ribs still ache from somebody's punches, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, no, nah, man, it's just like, in general, like, I see it like this, right? In any situation, you don't have to be doing community work to do this. Like, I you can tell, like, a lot of you guys are probably the pillar of moral support with your friends and families, you know? When people come at you with a certain topic and they're telling you things, yo, it's hard for you not to, like, internalize it, you know? If someone that you love, your friends or family, comes to you and tells you some crazy stuff that they're going through, 
like, how can you not take that home with you? You know, like you're not, you're, you're an emotional being, like you're someone who has feelings. So at the end of the day, like I started to look at it like this, like, yo, not only can I, are we not responsible for saving people's lives? It's almost arrogant to think that we can change it completely just by us saying a couple of things, you know, but subhanAllah, like we have an obligation to do our best though, you know, like yeah. we have an obligation to try at least have a conversation with them, let them flesh it out. Cause yo, whoever's coming to talk to you about something is a professional in their own lives already. Like they've been thinking about what we're talking about already. So my best advice to everyone is like, yo, just take time to listen. Like sometimes people just need like a place to bounce some their own ideas off their head and understand stuff and we're not we're not always going to be the person that's going to be able to fix them subhanallah like a lot of these people have mothers that have been telling them the same advice for years and if they're not going to listen to them who are we really you know but that's what i'm saying like a lot of times like their moms aren't aren't the best to give them advice just because of the fact that as much as they love them they're like they're so triggered by seeing wasted potential you know but for us like we have to be the ones to be calm and take it as it is and like just like let them think it through themselves because I promise you they'll come to the solutions themselves inshallah as long as they have the support to guide them there. Yeah, right, we'll take a, a quick break. So we're back from our break. Um, and so Mali said you had a point. Yeah, no, I was going to mention because um, yeah, he was talking about you know being a person who you know all the people are coming to and you're trying you know to be that person for everybody, right? And it reminded me of an ayah, you know, when Allah was talking to the Messenger, he said, Like, you don't guide those whom you love, but Allah guides whoever He pleases, whoever He wishes, you know? And we have to sort of look at it like, I can be the person that gives you advice. I can talk to whoever I want to talk to. I can give advice to whoever I want to talk. I give advice to, and all of these things. But at the end of the day, I like this person, I'm not the one that's guiding this person. You know, guidance is not coming from me. You know, I'm simply a tool by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides this person. You know, so because somebody might hear something a hundred times, but then he, he when he hears it a hundred and one a hundred and first time from you, it sort of strikes a chord in his heart. You know, and then he's he's awakened and you know, and that you know, awakening doesn't come from you or because of you. It comes, you know, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, and, and for us, you know, it's it's an honor. It's a pleasure to be a tool from, by which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses to guide somebody. And for us, that's where, that's where it begins and ends, right? And inshallah, our reward is with Allah. But ultimately, this person is guidance. This person being awakened doesn't come from us directly. We're just a tool. SubhanAllah. And what a, what a, what a, what a, what a beautiful Sucks. thing that is to be, right? That tool in like a person's life. Yeah, and nice. and it goes to say like that's also not a reason to try just to try, right? Like you, you should always try to go out and help anybody that's asking for it, even if like even if it's like I don't know. You kind of get to sometimes like even me. I'll say this like yo, I I told this guy this before. Like I I don't need to repeat myself, you know, but. I don't know who am I to not repeat myself. No, but you know what? There was like a subtle, like little nuance that like, you know, he was talking about earlier, like, and you were saying like to be a tool and and to kind of talk to these different hubbles and kind of explain to them and get, help them get to the right decision, you know? And it's like, and more often than not, you actually implied like you said that they actually already know the right answer. They're just going to get there themselves, you know? 
And I think that's an important perspective to have because it's like, oftentimes we talk to people thinking like we have the answers. No, like these people, oftentimes people who need advice, generally speaking, nine out of 10 times, they already know the right answer. They just need somebody to regurgitate it back to them, but they're already thinking about it, you know? Or give so them the like, motivation to follow that. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like, like almost, it's, it's almost like validating their own thought process and then walking them through that, like that path of getting to the right place, you know? So I think that like, that's an important perspective to have in so many aspects. One of them being like dealing with people when you want to help people, you can't just be like, yo, I'm going to help this person and change their whole life, bro. You cannot do nothing. <laughs> you yourself, you can't do anything, you know, but what you can do is you can help people get there. You can help people change their own situations. You know what I mean? But you're not going to change things for people. And I think that's like, that's a very, like, we didn't really hammer it too much, but I'm glad that we got a chance to say it because it's important, man. Yeah, no, it's, and even the origins of it, right? It's interesting. Like, why do we feel obliged when somebody tells us a problem that we have to have the solutions, you know? And a lot of it, subhanAllah, does really come from our ego. But more than that, it's like, there's uncomfortability, right? Knowing that someone's in a situation that, like, they can't exit. I'll give you guys an example, right? Somebody's in an abusive relationship and you know, you might know some people like this and they're constantly always just going back to that person or their abuser. Sometimes we look at them like, oh my God, like what is wrong with this person? Like, why do they keep going back to that? And it's like, yo, more, more often than not having a conversation with someone like that and telling them things like, why are you like this? And you know, this is what you should do to leave. Yo, it almost leaves like a self-fulfilling prophecy in their minds that one, right, they're incompetent. Two, that they're always going to go back to that person. And we're just reaffirming it further by them telling us that. But three, we're not even giving them a chance to explain a lot because this person might be in a situation where they actually don't have any other place to live. This person might be in a situation where they actually have been emotionally manipulated and gaslighted to the point they can't even leave their abuser, you know, without feeling like, you know, they've done something horrible. And it's like, subhanAllah, like the most important thing I've learned is just, you know, you have to make people comfortable enough to keep coming back to have those kind of conversations, you know? And you already know, like, if you have a friend that you're comfortable with, you know, subhanAllah, those are the best feelings, just knowing that, you know, if anything happens or I'm going through something and I'm thinking something, I could just call this person and talk to them, you know? But more, more, more often than not, like, we cut off that that opportunity because we're just bearing down on them with what we think, what's right, what's wrong. And with, subhanAllah, like, we're not even thinking of the delivery. Like, whenever I look at the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu like, so the akhlaq he had, and the way that he, like, delivered messages to people, like, subhanAllah, he was so patient, you know? And he didn't, and, and there's not even a trace of ego in the things he was saying. It's literally for the betterment of them and for the sake of Allah. So it's like, if, if our intention really is when people are telling us stuff for them to, for us to actually help them, like, yo, we got to really remove the ego from it, subhanAllah. Thanks. Thanks. Yo, that goes into like, I think uh, the next topic actually, um, was it, was it about outgrowing people? Was that the... Yeah. The question exactly was, do you believe that you can outgrow people, your friends, partner, family 100% 100% yo it's um especially like oh man this is like the dichotomy of like the Somali men in Toronto the most interesting history for me right specifically in our generation because 
people can have friends with someone that they've grown up with their whole lives, right? But there's a generation of people who only know each other through turnups, you know, and only know each other through having a fun time or parties or distractions, you know? And yo, this could last for like a decade or more. Like I know for myself, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, but I hung up with them so much that like, I actually thought like they were almost like family, you know? And this is mm-hmm. the problem where we equate time with uh, with like substance, you know? Like a lot of these people were never asking me, how's your hoya doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. A lot of these people, a lot of these people really okay. So it's like, I think it's less about outgrowing them and more like, more like, yo, you're just growing into someone that's not into those circles anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like yeah. you constantly have the ability to change every day until the day you die. Right? And that's the only time it's too late. And I feel like there should be no shame in like being able to leave those those environments that you've outgrown sometimes. Cause subhanAllah, like you can still have love for someone from afar, but if they're not contributing to a new goal of yours or you know, like a new a new promise that you've made to yourself in Allah, like, yo, like you, you, like again, like it ties into like how arrogant are we to think that these people even need us in their lives too, you know, like and we have to constantly check up and be there with them. And if we don't turn up with them, we should feel guilty. Like, nah, if they're really your people, they're not only going to be happy for you, they're going to find ways to support you in that new endeavor as well, inshallah. You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that. Because mm. I was thinking, like, like especially the, the first part when you said, you know, you you those people weren't really there, like, your people to begin with. It's like a lot of times we think that, you know, I'm leaving this person behind or I'm outgrowing this person when really you never had anything in common to begin with. You know, aside from, you know, uh, the things that you guys are doing, whether it be good or bad, you know. So when that thing ended, that relationship pretty much ended, you know. And you don't know that. You don't realize that. You don't know that until it happens. Yeah, I just feel like we we kind of have, like, we kind of have this idea that, like, once you, once you, like, grew up with somebody, and again, like, Growing up with somebody and like leaving, not like leaving them to like to, to in the depths, and not like they needed you or whatever. Like like uh like Abdi said, but like um the the idea that like um we we have this allegiance to people just because they kind of um they kind of caught us at like a time where we were we we were in the same place at the same time. We have to have allegiance to that exact situation back then, you know. And like mm-hmm. if you change like your interests change and like the things that you do change like at the end of the day you they could be you guys could still be good friends but like if they're not supporting you within your kind of situation and pushing you to get to that next step like you you kind of get that feeling that somebody might be holding you back and it's not in like an intentional way it's just like you guys enjoy spending time with each other you know you know like i i also like i feel that i feel like all through your guys perspective is more or less kind of very similar but i want to have like a different perspective on this and i actually i actually believe this personally but when when you when we when we grow you know quote unquote grow air quotes for grow um i think it's also very important to understand that like allah is the one who's helping you grow like i always like to try my best to like bring things back to how this is happening for me and why this right. might not be happening for somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when you, when you really, really reflect on that point, I think anybody would come to the conclusion that like, when you grow and Allah's choosing you to be somebody who's growing in a positive way, right? Like you almost feel obliged to also keep the people behind you who maybe you left 
you know, and trying to bring them like closer to you and maybe try to help them get out of what they're in, you know? And it's like, it's really important here. Like the reason why I'm saying this is because you can sort of begin to gain like a level of self pride and it might, it might be so inadvertent. Like you're not even purposely trying to do it, but you, you ooze out that type of like feeling. And it's like, I think it's very important that like the people that you, that you grew up with, even doing wrong things with, you still remain loyal to them. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's not a, there's not a feeling of like, of, they should not feel like you outgrew them. You, they should still feel like you're, you're accessible. You're around, you know? And I think that like the only way that you can really honestly do that. And it's not enough to just hit somebody up and call them. I actually feel like people should genuinely feel that connection with you. And it's bigger than just like, Oh yeah, he's still in, in the message that we all go to, you know? So we, I can catch him there. Nah, like that's like, bro. Okay. You pray. That's great. But, like, how about the connection you have, like, going and running ball like you used to when you were five years old, you know? How about going out and, like, eating out with people, like, the same way you used to do when you, when you know, when you were 10, you know, after school, 15, 17, 18, whatever. And now you guys are 30, but now you, like, you only, you only talk to people when you're in the mosque. Like, it's, like, these are practical things I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm definitely not, like, uh, pointing fingers at anybody's way of living. But I, I honestly feel like it's, it's a thing that you have to constantly be thinking about even in reference to your own growth. And that itself is growth as well, you know? It's not enough to just be like, oh yeah, gun violence is bad. Like I'm going to take the university route and then that's it. You know, you're, you're yeah. out of it. Like, it's not like to, that, you know? To be honest, yeah. well, I, I agree. I agree with the point where you're like, you know, the, the pride part, right? Where it's like, there's almost like a better than thou feeling that a lot of people have. And they go back to the community sometimes. They're like, you know, and, not, and it's not even like a, a larger level of success. Like someone could just be doing better and feel like it's not even a level of outgrown. That they just they're just too good for the community, right? But at the same time, like on a, on a much humbler note, like Subhanallah, yo, sometimes like fam, and this is myself. Sometimes the people you grow up with, some of them are goofs, fam. Sometimes True. the people that you used to play ball with and they used to go to the mosque with. Like, you might find out, like, you know, subhanAllah, like, they're, they're not only doing, like, things that you might consider bad, but they're genuinely not good human beings at the moment, right? And I say that at the moment because, yo, everyone has an opportunity to change, you know? And, like, your presence being around them could help and support. But I think um, it's just about striking the balance where it's, like, it's not taking away from the blessings Allah has given you at the moment because you're so, you feel like there's such a, remember, like, I think I mentioned earlier, like, we have an obligation to ourselves and our families and our larger communities. And we have to fulfill those things, but it shouldn't be a detriment to like any potential growth that Allah might provide for you. And I, and I like the perspective you said, even of like Allah is the one that offered us that growth. So who is he not to give it to others as well? Exactly. Right. And you realize that at that point that like, these are just two different positions that Allah put people in. But at the end of the day, like when you, when you die and this person who we might have the perception of hasn't grown, or maybe they didn't become, they're not like, they weren't quote unquote good people by societal standards. Who knows if this is a, a person that Allah shows mercy to on the day of judgment, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, when you think about like the fact that all the ultimate decisions of who, who a person actually is in reality, you know, when you realize that that actually doesn't lie with you, you're not the one to make that decision. Then you, you have no other choice except to treat everybody with humility, no matter what you're doing in your life. If you're I think, going to skip, I think both of those things can coexist. For sure, like, it could. I, I agree with Fatah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying in the sense that, mm -hmm. like, you can be somebody who still gives advice and still is gentle with these people. You still connect with these people. You don't sort of leave them behind in the dust, right? While at the same time, you pr protecting yourself 
and preserving yourself and your iman and your dunya. Like, you know, a lot of times the people that you, you know, quote unquote, I'm going to use quote as well, outgrow are people who are doing things that if you are around it are detriment to your dunya and your akhirah, you know? So you might not be able to hang out with them and chill with them on a day-to-day basis, but you still have a connection with them. You're still sort of, you know, loyal to them in the sense that you're giving them that advice. That you're loyal to them in the sense that you're talking to them, you're communicating with them, you're showing them, yo, this is what you're on. And, you know, you sort of try to help them outgrow that lifestyle as well. No, that's, that's, that's facts. No, I agree with you on that. I think more so, like, it's like, how do I explain it's like, you know, I, there's a story actually a very, like for me personally, it was something that I, I experienced and it was really interesting to me. I was with, um, Mufti Muhammad Munir, you know, uh, from the, from the States. I know a lot of people probably seen a lot of his videos online and stuff. Amazing, amazing person. So he's, he's located right now in, in, in New York. He's from Philly. Right. So we were with him and we were kicking it with him and He's like, yo, so we're going to go to Philly, you know, um, in, in a day. I'm like, okay, cool. It's going to be a nice little, like, you know, tour type thing. You know, I've never been to Philly. Let's see how it goes. So we go and we kick it. And instead, like, we go back to the neighborhood he grew up in. Mind you, from, from Queens to Philly, it's like a two to three hour ride and probably like $20 worth one way. So $40 both ways. He goes there every Thursday. And he, and literally there's maybe like six people in the masjid and he's just giving them a lecture, giving them a talk, you know? And it's like, we had a conversation with him afterwards because he's a pretty big individual. Like he can go to different massages all over the country and he'd sell out. You know, there'd be a lot of people that would be there, but he goes back to his, his own like neighborhood that he grew up in. He hasn't been there in 15 years. He goes back and I asked him like, what's the deal? The deal. He's like, bro, these people right here. And he started pointing at each one of them. He started telling the stories of each person in the jama'ah and each person in the masjid. And I was like, oh, so these people like, like help you grow. He said, help me grow, brother. They raised me. <laughs> these people raised me, you know? And it's like, I think that so much times, like when people t- talk about growth and I've seen this narrative, even sometimes like within the, the neighborhoods and the communities we're in ourselves, where somebody will be talking about how they're growing, you know, and they're going and doing different things. And there's not like that level of like um, acknowledgement, you could say, you know, of the, where they came from and who helped them grow. You know, because there's a whole community behind every single one of us. You know, there's there's people who are responsible for who we are today. The words coming out of my mouth right now, the words coming out of each one of our mouths, you know, and it's like it's I think it's extremely important, very important, actually, that if you start to get to a place where you're learning more and you understand the ideas between right and wrong and what is what is good and what is bad, that it's important for you to, like, put that to, like, the highest standard within your own life. Because that level of acknowledgement will, will allow you to continue like pushing, you know, because you know where you came from, right? And you'll take that wherever you may go, wherever your success may take you, you know? I don't know. It's just like, it's a side thing, but it's, it's something I thought about. It's a good dude, yo. Zebo, that's amazing though, man. So yeah, Ozzy, that was a strong point. On that note, we're, we're going to end the episode. Um, big thanks to Abdi Fatah for pulling up to the show, you know? Like I said, guys, he's the most likable guy I know. <laughs> yeah. So big shout out to him, man. And yeah, road to 100, guys. Two more. Two more, bro. Two more. So yeah. You want white? Yeah. You want white sheets or like? You know, oh. like... <laughs> hey, man. Don't <laughs> worry. I'm gonna find my loophole sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, you know, right, guys. See you next week, man. Bye.